What is going on, everyone, and welcome to episode number 28 of the unofficial, official, unofficial Rogue Company podcast broadcast. I'm here with Dirt Lord. I'm here with Garbo. And I'm here with Griffin. And this is the Rogue Company podcast, bringing you all the news that you need to know about Rogue Company. And we're going to start it off first here with a little Operation Daybreak hotfix. So since Operation Daybreak has came out, there's been a couple of hotfixes that they've implemented. It's kind of like the last update where they kept hotfixing everything then. But this is the Operation Daybreak hotfix notes. This was released on June the 23rd. Hello, rogues. We have deployed a hotfix to resolve the following issues. Fixed an issue that occasionally allowed players to see opposing team picks during rogue select. Fixed a crash when a player would queue for shooting range shortly after opening a supply drop. Fixed a crash when a player would press the A button after the loading screen and shooting range. Fixed an issue that made Trench's mastery emote temporarily unavailable. Fixed an issue that caused sound cues not to play on Arena. And fixed an issue with Sigrid's ballistic shield failing to block damage from Juke's turrets. So, some of these issues we had known about because they tweeted out or made made comments that the secret thing was going to happen. They they knew that it was in the game and it was shipping like that because it's a full release game. We're shipping it with bugs that we already know about, right? Um, so we knew about that one, but some of these other ones we didn't really know a whole lot about, but it's good that they released a hot fix. It just sucks that they haven't released the proper hot fix. You know, there's still a yeah. lot of, there's still a lot of bugs. There's still a lot of inconsistencies and issues within the game. But it's okay because we fixed where the game would crash whenever someone would queue for the shooting range after opening a supply drop. It's okay. We want to keep you in the game longer so that our terrible matchmaking can make you pull your hair out. So, you know, there's that. Uh, we haven't got any updates or any news about the mid-season update, and that is something that we'll get, get into a little bit later on. But I'm hoping that there will be a mid-season live stream or update that comes out, hopefully within the next week or so. Like, it would be incredible if we, by the time this comes out, we already have that live stream under our belts. You know what I mean? So next up, we've got the RCCS. So this was tweeted out on June the 21st about the Rogue Company Championship Series Summer Series tournament format and signups and we're going to go through some of this and hit some of the high notes and then we're going to talk about the rccs just a little bit here hey rogues now that we've wrapped up the rccs spring series with a capstone land event we're excited to announce the next phase of competitive rogue company action with the rccs summer 4v4 series as outlined in our original announcement for the Rogue Company Championship Series, the summer phase will last for six weeks and will culminate in another LAN event hosted live at our eSports studio in Atlanta, Georgia. In parallel with our RCCS Summer 4v4 Series, we'll be running a ladies-only 2v2 wingman series. That will also culminate in a LAN event the same weekend as our RCCS LAN. Keep reading for more details about the format for both these series and how you can get involved. So for the RCCS Summer Series format and dates, uh, the 4v4 series will run from June the 25th through July the 31st. This series is open to both NA and EU teams, but please note that only one EU team will be invited to come to LAN. All other teams will come from North America. The online portion of the series will use the following format, 4v4 gameplay in both demolition and strikeout maps, six weeks of online play, double elimination bracket each week, best of three sets all the way through, $500 in prizing each week, 
18,000 in land event pricing broken down as follows. So first place is going to win eight grand. Everybody's going to get money because we're just giving money away to everybody. In addition to cash prizing, the top eight teams in each week's bracket will receive qualification points based on where they finish. These qualification points will help teams earn a spot in our summer land event. These teams can compete in multiple weeks to earn more prizing and qualification points. Weekly qualification points will be distributed as follows. So first place will get 800. I like how they don't tell you how many points you need. What What's the threshold that we're meeting here? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But first place is going to get 800, second place is going to get 400, and it's broken down by player. So the whole, the team as a whole, even if you're subbing somebody in, if you win first place, that individual player will get 200 qualification points. There's no word or anything on the amount of qualification points that you actually need, but it is what it is, you know? <laughs> In week five and six of online play, the team that places first in the brackets will automatically qualify for the RCCS Summerland event. In addition to the two teams that qualify this way, four other teams with the highest total of qualifier points will also earn a seat at the Summerland for a total of eight qualified teams. Please note, in order to be allowed to compete at our Summerland event, all competitors must be fully vaccinated and willing to supply proof of vaccination to our league operations team. Additionally, all competitors must have a passport and or be able to travel in the U.S. in order to play. So all six weeks of online play will be broadcast as follow. June the 26th. Now, this article was released on June the 21st, right? So a week after this article came out, you've got your week one qualifier. Then you've got July the 3rd. Bad time to have it because of the holidays, but whatever. July 10th, July 17th, July 24th, and July the 31st. So the ladies only 2v2 strikeout series format and dates. So for our ladies only strikeout series, we will be running from July the 9th through July the 30th. It's open to all female and female identifying players who are based in North America and able or willing to play on NAE servers. The online portion of the series will use the following format. 2v2 uh, gameplay on strikeout maps, four weeks of online play, double elimination bracket each week, best of three sets all the way through. 2000 in land event pricing broken down as follows. So first place you get a thousand, second place gets 500, and this will be split between two players. So like, uh, you know, four teams will qualify for our land event through this online series. And each week of online play, the team that finishes first in the bracket will automatically earn a spot in the land bracket. Please note, as outlined in the RCCS Summer Series section above, all competitors must be fully vaccinated and able to travel uh, to the U.S. in order to compete at our Summer LAN event. While there will not be an official broadcast for this event, competitors may choose to stream their games on their own personal channels. And then below that, we have the tournament sign-up information. So... So for the RCCS Summer Series, we get a 4v4 series that is going to be both Demolition and Strikeout as of right now. Uh, this is the largest prize pooling that we have had for an RCCS or a Rogue Company event so far. But there are some things about this that is a little concerning for me in particular. So why only one EU team? Mm-hmm. I agree. And plane tickets. <clears throat> Yeah, well, I, I get that. Right. Yeah, but like you're up in the prize from 12k to 18k, right? Mm-hmm. So they're basically allocating, they're reallocating their money to a bigger prize pool, which is which is fine if nobody in the year in Europe or 
Brazil or um, Mexico or Australia or any other part of the country didn't play the game. If it was just a North America only game that people played, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But they're going to come in hard and they're like only one EU team. Okay, well, let's break this down. You have four competitors, right? What if you have one person on your team from Europe and everybody else is from the United States? Are they going to count that as one individual and you have to find three other individuals from Europe? Or what are we doing? Like, what? There's no explanation here about any of this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Second of all, I love how this is worded. It's open to all female and female identifying players who are based in North America and able or willing to play on NAE servers. While there will not be an official broadcast for this event, competitors may choose to stream their games on their own personal channels. So let me get this right. You're doing 50% of a good thing here. And then the other 50% is like the absolute worst decision that you can make for something like this. You're going to bring in female only and female identifying individuals to play, but you're not going to broadcast it. Mm -hmm. Why? I mean, it honestly makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Like, and I've watched female only tournaments and they're trying to promote it. Exactly. A lot of the Twitch streamers that are female are like, you know, competing in the qualifications for the uh, the 2v2 uh, ladies-only tournament or females-only tournament for strikeout at the RCCS and all this stuff. Why are you not going to broadcast that? Why are you not giving them the same opportunity and the same coverage that you're giving the 4v4? I hope they're not using that excuse because they're letting them officially broadcast their stuff instead. Like, still, like... If you want somebody to broadcast it, why are you not personally broadcasting the stuff that you want to broadcast? Yeah, I don't know. Like that, that's huge. Like, I mean, you're already not getting like promotions from you know higher paid gaming, you know, developers and stuff like that. You know, like Orgs. esports or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just doing your own thing. So, like, why are you not doing everything you can to get it publicly get out? In every way, you could have just done that and broadcasted your yeah POVs and all that stuff. Like that was, I don't know. That's a huge miss. Yeah, it, it's a massive miss because, like, if they're going to have the tournament take place over Saturday and Sunday, and that's fine. the we, The weekend tournament is fine at the actual mm-hmm. LAN event. Why not do the two v two strikeout series on Friday? I mean, you're going to pay for them to show up. You're going to pay for them for a room and everything. Then just tell them like, okay, we'll get you here on Thursday. We'll pay for your night Thursday night. We'll run through the 2v2. It's going to be broadcast to everybody. If you choose to stay in Atlanta, then that's on you. But we're going to pay to get you back on Friday. If you're going to stay longer, then you have to figure it out. Right. But they, they definitely could have done that. I don't know. I don't understand. Like to me, that pisses me off. And I'm not even a woman, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't... Well, I, I mean, going back to the EU, like, what if there's multiple EU teams that are better than all the North Americans, but only one EU team gets to go? Yeah, exactly right. So, like, what if their qualifier points are higher than all the North Americans? Like, then how is that a fair 
competition. Yeah. You know, like, because, like, if there's three other teams that actually play better or play up to the same level. Yeah. Why is it that they can't play? What is not allowing them to also let other teams team? And it wasn't only in EUT, like you said, like an EUT. Why is it not, like I said, Brazil or Mexico or any of those? Yeah, I don't know. It makes no sense, man. I don't understand it whatsoever, you know? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Weird format. All right, on the heels of this, we got a tweet here by Rome himself. This was on June the 25th, which is a day before the first qualifier match. Roster signups for qualifier number one will be extended until 9 a.m. Eastern time, which is approximately six hours from now. Sign up ASAP. Then we also have Joker, who retweeted it and said, sign up, guys. Then we also had Who's Dat that is saying, y'all need to sign up for the RCCS Summer Series qualifiers. We are not showing that we want esports to continue with only five teams signed up and registration ending in a few hours. Even if your full team isn't playing sign up, sign up, sign up. So, I feel like we showed that we want to do it, you know what I mean? Well, I think that there's a lot of stuff that's going on behind the scenes here that's not showing that they're not talking about that shows exactly why nobody wants to take the time. Nobody wants to put the work in and they don't want to commit to the RCCS stuff. They just don't want the hassle of it. And we see Mm -hmm. a little insight into this with what's fixing to go on in this next section. So we've got the RCCS article comes out on the 21st. We know that the 26th, I believe, did it come out the 20th or 21st? Hold on. It came out on the 21st. We know that the first qualifier that's going to happen is on the 26th. So you give people less than a week to get a team together, to sign up for qualifiers and all this stuff. Then you're going to tweet out, like, we don't have enough teams. We need more people. We need more teams. Then you're going to have competitors coming out, and they're like, hey, we need more teams. Five teams isn't enough. You kind of see what's going on here. They just rushed through this. There wasn't enough information conveyed early enough so that people could accurately plan for this because – the, the competitive players, the five teams worth of competitive players that still want to actually play the game, they've already prepared for it. They've already got their teams picked out. They've already signed up to compete in it. But you're wanting to bring more people into it. Why don't those people want to come into the RCCS? I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe one, like, do again, only one EU team can come. So, like, what's the point of, like, all these teams trying to make all this effort for signing up like and back to who's that he's telling all these people who signed up like who's all like you know like again the eu team like they might sign up but like what's the point of them signing up if only one's going to get to go exactly and when you have the previous winners with prosper and ems that are definitely going to sign up you know and right. I guess they're going to form an EU team to do it. And you know that they're going to qualify because of how well they perform, how well they work together. What's the point of European teams even trying? Exactly. Like you're, If they were performing at their peak like they did in their last turn, I don't know who their third one would be because, I mean, Drew was American, right? North yeah. So, like, I mean, yeah. So will he be qualified as the EU team or that as the North American team, like yeah. yes, 
you know. There's just know, it's weird. not yeah. enough information. Exactly. There's not enough information here. They just kind of half-assed through something together, released it out there into the wild, and then expecting people to come in droves because, oh, it's going to be, you know, $6,000 more that you're going to be able to win. Well, not really. You're going to win eight grand that you're going to have to split with four people. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you get your airfare. Yeah, you get your hotel covered to go to Atlanta. But Atlanta's Atlanta. Like, it's nothing fancy. It's nothing special there's a high likelihood that you're going to get shot or stabbed. So you know what I mean? Like it's, if this was happening in LA or if this was happening in New York or somewhere like that, then I could understand it a little bit more, but people was like, okay, I'm going to travel to Atlanta and I'm going to compete for $2,000. Oh, okay. It's going to cost me more money to probably go out there and back. There would be me to actually play this tournament. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you have to split it between your friends, you know, your team that you just worked on that with. And now the pool is split even bigger because instead of being 3v3, it's now. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and then back to who's that? Like, he's he's all saying that nobody not showing that we care, but like they care. Like, there's been plenty of teams and plenty of people that have shown they care. Like, like you, you said esports wants to help you continue, but esports doesn't even help support high res on the game, you know? Yeah. And they the- don't help on that stuff. And the company themselves doesn't support the game because when you are having a LAN event and you're not tweeting anything out about the LAN event, you're not giving constant updates about the LAN event, you're not trying to get sponsors, you're not trying to get um, orgs or anybody else involved in this situation. It's a grassroots tournament that somebody threw a bunch of money at. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not trying to do any of that stuff, why are you having a LAN event? Exactly. Why? Exactly. Where is all that? Exactly. You know, like anywhere you go, like even like in your local places, like that are doing like footballs or something like that. They're doing fundraisers. They're going to sponsors. Like they're they're asking the local restaurants. They're, they're just there's a lot of stuff that just gets involved in that. And like, where is high res in doing in any of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's just high res on high res, and that's it. Yeah. And on top of that, it's like, it would be nice if like, oh, this is going to be sponsored by, and I know that this is unrealistic, but I'm going to use this as an example. Oh, the tournament's going to be sponsored by um, Scuff, right? And because the majority of them are playing on controller. So we're going to use Scuff controllers to play the tournament with, and then everybody's going to be able to keep their their Scuff controller. So not only are they paying you to get out there, they're giving you money for even competing, you're going to get a Scuff controller out of it. Maybe, you know, G Fuel or somebody like that. Oh, you get a fucking little canister of like whatever G Fuel flavor that you like or whatever. Like, gaming sponsor. They, it's like they, (laughs) and like, Smite has sponsors. Smite has orgs. They've done successful with the Smite esports thing. But there's a reason why the RCCS is not getting the viewership that Smite's getting. And it's the people in charge. They're not really caring anything about it. They're just running with it and doing whatever they want to do. For example, like this. There was a little bit of drama that happened. So last week we covered the uh, frag out stuff that happened. I do not believe frag out will be competing. I did find out that frag out and this individual that we're about to talk about were suspended for the first two qualifier games. So that was their slap on the wrist, as you can say, from whoever's in charge over there. But this was the tweet, I think, that started the conversation. And we also have a video here, but we're going to go into the tweet first. Drew Whitlock. 
the youngest RCCS competitor, one of the best competitors for RCCS, tweeted out on June the 15th, laugh my fucking ass off at Rome DMV. You're a fucking weirdo. Kicking me from the RCCS chat, wasting 40 minutes of my time because you want to switch a comp in a money eights game like you're fucking weird. Okay? That was the original tweet that went out. Okay, June 15th. Keep this in mind. On June the 18th, another tweet went out by Drew. said, Radar, how am I suspended from comp for talking back? And then he copied Gandhi on here. There's a, a couple other, you know, conversational pieces in the comments here. But we have a little bit of video from this. So do y'all want to check this video out and see what, what, what kind of went down? What do you say, bro? Let's go. No, because we already picked the game. I'm not fucking restarting like. All right, cool. So it sounds good. Single game. What you're not gonna be. Told you, it's that simple. You're wasting all our damn time. You wasted 20 minutes of our. I haven't wasted any time. No, you're wasting all this time. That's all on you. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. That's 100 percent on you. So we're not playing with you. We're not playing with you. So you can leave the call. Disconnect. Disconnect. Okay. How's he wasting everybody's time? I thought that Rome was the one that was having the issues there. Okay, so yes, as a little bit a little oh. bit of background, this clip was something that Drew tweeted out as proof of what was happening during all this stuff. And this was a clip by Tana, right? Somebody went into a stream, clipped everything out. Tana's a competitive player. I reached out to Tana myself. He was streaming one day and I was like, Hey man, I'm like what is the context for this clip that got tweeted out by Drew? He's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, what happened before? What led up to it? What exactly was said? Like, I need a little bit more context in order to deduce what was happening here. Right. Right. So apparently from what Tana told me, and I may have some of the details mixed up, but this is kind of the, the general idea that he conveyed. So they were doing an ELO eights game for money. Rome was competing, and also one of the casters, GK, the caster, was also competing in this ELO 8s for money, right? So they loaded into the game the first time. They had to stop the game because Rome's controller was messing up. They had to back out, reset everything back up, and then the enemy team either banned or picked one of the picks that Drew's team actually had. Okay? So they had to stop it. They had to go back again. Same thing happened. Either they banned somebody or they picked somebody that Drew's team had. They had to stop it that again. Yeah. Yeah. They had to stop it again. Then they went back into it. And from this clip, and this is where Tana, like he joined back in the Discord call because he left the Discord. He joined up with somebody else, was talking to them for a second, joined back in. That's where this clip came from. And Rome was wanting to stop the game, back out, and reinvite everybody because his troller controller was messing up again and drew basically said i'm not going to do that we've already restarted it four times now we're going to play this out this is for money i'm i'm through dicking yeah. around but he gets suspended but that for, doesn't have anything to do with the land event man exactly I exactly mean. so first of all how ethical is it to do elo eights for money right with people that are actively working 
behind the scenes from a commentator standpoint and also from a quote-unquote director standpoint. That seems to me like it's a little bit of a conflict of interest when you have people that are going to be working on this, talking about this, actually competing with and against the people that are going to be at possibly at the land event, right? And then you're going to suspend someone because you're driving them. The narrative here is that you're goading them into saying something to you that you don't like or you don't agree with, and then they get suspended for it. How ethical is that, right? I mean, all I know is if you're going down for money, you're not going to reset four fucking times. Yeah, it sounds like somebody's stalling, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, what is that? Like, if you're running a tournament, it would like you would play it that time. You know, if you're going for money, you would play at the time, whatever that. And then, like, if you're not able to fulfill or do the part being there, you know, you you just don't get it. You're out. Yeah, exactly. Like, so what is so why is it that you're able to reset this mode? Two of them, apparently, is for your own controller. Yeah. And then what? Yeah. And then the ignorance of your team by either picking or banning someone from the the team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When they were given clear instructions. Yeah. So what is going on on your side? Yeah. So if Rome is like, he's on there playing with people for money, it's got nothing to do with the competition, which is what this was here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And if if, he has a disagreement with someone, he could just be like, you're not playing the LAN event. Yeah. And that's what's happening here. What? Yeah. So if you remember correctly... Last week we we discussed, or the last episode we discussed, that Radar posted on the Reddit page that there is a esports team at high res that have basically more or less contracted Rome out to basically fulfill the needs that they have for the esports league, right? So me and my investigative journalism decides, hey, I'm going to reach out to Rome. I'm going to ask Rome a couple of questions about some stuff, just some general RCCS questions to try to get a little bit of clarification on this stuff, right? So, as you can see here, and this isn't the first interaction. I need to I need to discuss that right now. This isn't the first interaction. He was in a live stream. I was asking him questions. He quit replying back to me in the live stream. So I decided to send him a message on Twitter to try to get a little bit more clarification, right? So this is what I said. Hello, Rome. My name is Griffin, and we have had some interactions in the past through Rogue Company streams, Twitter, etc. I was reaching out to try to get some clarification on the RCCS, ELO 8s, ELO 4s, and other various competitive questions that I have. Currently do a Rogue Company podcast, and any clarification that can be provided will help the journalistic integrity of not only the podcast, but the Rogue competitive scene as a whole. Would you be interested in answering some general questions that I have about competing, managing, and maintaining the RCCS? He said, sure, man. What's up? I said, any infractions that happen during ELO 8s, ELO 4s, qualifying or warm-up matches that are ran through the RCCS Discord can be carried out and enforced during tournament play? Question mark. He said, your actions anywhere can affect your eligibility to compete, just like any other league or esports. I said, understood. Is there a terms of service or a terms of compliance that the competitors must read, acknowledge, and sign before they become RCCS eligible to compete? He said, high res has a code of conduct. This is a high res game. What are you getting at? Okay. 
Is this the same code of conduct and terms of service that we all agree to when installing the game, or is this something that is presented to the competitor separately? Speaking of high-res, Radar explained that there was a quote-unquote team of people at high-res that handles the esports for all of the high-res games. Do they delegate everything down to you for you to handle on your own, or are they actively working with you on the RCCS esports side of everything? I'm not getting at anything. No information has been conveyed to the general community, and I feel that not only myself, but everyone would like to have and deserves a deeper understanding as to how everything operates and what the expectations are of the competitors, commentators, and various other staff members. He said, everything goes through high-res. Would be better for you to reach out to someone from high-res directly to answer those questions. I said, okay. Do you have a contact list that can be referenced to reach out to high-res directly? I want to be sure to direct the questions to the correct individuals so there are no unclear answers on any of the concerns. Also, are casters, hosts, and other staff members allowed to compete in any of the RCCS functions, or would this present a conflict of interest? No response. Got no response back ghosted. from that. Yeah, ghosted. Completely ghosted out. No response. And the fact that he responds and asks what I'm getting at, he started becoming very defensive very early on in the conversation. Which means... He feels either guilty about something or he thinks that I'm trying to goat him into something, which I'm not. I'm just trying to get some clarification on everything, right? Because I What's told him, yeah, I told him up front that I'm part of a rogue company podcast, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to discuss this shit, whether you say anything about it or not, man. So you should have known this going into it, right? So I have this interaction with Rome and I'm like, okay. Who do I need to contact at high res? So there's one person at high res that's been very, very good at responding back to me on any kind of concerns that I have about the game, whether it be balancing issues, bugs, gameplay issues, all this kind of stuff. And that individual is radar, right? Radar has always went above and beyond to answer any questions for me that I have about anything. So I'm not going to post this up here because it's cutting part of it off, but I've got proof if anybody wants to see it of the conversation, but I'm going to read it verbatim here. So this was on June the 24th. The last interaction that I had with Rome was on June the 22nd. So this is what I sent to Radar. Good afternoon. I wanted to reach out to ask a bit of a favor. I recently reached out to Rome for a little clarification on the RCCS as I currently do a Rogue Company podcast, and there are a few things that the community along with myself would like clarification on. Rome told me that due to the questions that I was asking, I would need to reach out to someone from high-res to get clarification. I thought this was a bit odd considering he is essentially, quote-unquote, the face of RCCS. I'm assuming he does not want to answer these questions due to the specific nature of the questions. Would there be someone involved at the high-res esports team that would possibly be interested in answering a few questions regarding the RCCS program? Thank you for your time. So this is what he said in response. Howdy. Rome is contracted by Hi-Res to administrate and execute specific portions of RCCS in coordination with our esports team who oversees all of our competitive initiatives. This is likely the reasoning he isn't comfortable making statements as he is not the ultimate decision maker. I'm happy to look at your questions and see if there are something that I can answer. So... 
I said, thank you for your response. I was curious if the competitors are required to read, understand, and agree to a terms of service or a terms of compliance that is specific to the RCCS in order to be eligible to compete. He said, so I'm not familiar with the specific documentation required to participate in the tournament. Based on my experience, that usually isn't require, isn't a requirement unless it's league-type events with significant prizes and official teams. I'd have to verify. I said, I would understand having one for higher-level tournament play, but it seems if there was a terms of service or a terms of compliance across all levels of tournament play, it could potentially reduce some of the headache and drama associated with all levels of play. Knowing what is an offense and what levels of punishments are associated with any offenses would provide a nice system of checks and balances between the competitors and the organizers. He said, in the finals of such tournament, I wouldn't argue that. But in something of this size, I think it might be a little overzealous. What are you describing as a what you are describing is a system we have for the Smite Pro League, which has a large number of teams who train and dedicate to the game for months. I said I would argue that it is more important to have something like this in the lower level of play since the competitors normally do not have an org backing them. This, coupled with the fact that they are still trying to make a living while competing, could cause stress levels to skyrocket. With nothing outlined what is considered a punishable offense, there is no proper way to police this without causing unnecessary issue. Nevertheless, are any infractions that happen during the ELO 8s, ELO 4s, warm-up matches, or wager matches able to influence the right for a competitor to participate in qualifying matches or tournament play? Qualifying matches and tournament play is completely understandable, especially under the RCCS banner. The only drama and headache we've seen is, as far as I know, is from players, too, who were justifiably removed from the tournament, not by Rome, but with the agreement of high-res employees. I can certainly pass these ideas along to the esports team for consideration, though. It's worth having a conversation. I said, I completely understand. I'm, I'm just asking general questions for a better understanding at how the sausage is made since I really have no desire to compete and most people are either unwilling to answer any questions or just outright don't know the answers. On the heels of that, are any of the casters, hosts, and other staff members allowed to compete in any of the RCCS functions? For example, if I was a caster, could I compete in the ELO 8s, ELO 4s, or even qualifying matches? No. Anyone employed or administrating the tournaments should not be able to participate to the best of my knowledge. But again, I'd have to verify. I said, understood. If anyone from the esports team would like to discuss any of these topics, I would be more than happy to have a meaningful and intelligent conversation about any of said topics and more. Thank you for the response. As always, I very much appreciate your time. Have a wonderful weekend. And Radar said, you too. So. I mean. Yeah, kind of answered that one, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I don't think they're supposed to be doing that. It'd be very unprofessional. Yeah. Right. So, from what I got out of this conversation, and the reason why I went ahead and cut it off at the head there was because the only thing that Radar's going to do going forward from the previous statement that he said, no, anyone employed or administrating the tournament should not be able to participate. He is going to stop answering the questions and he is going to say that he's going to have to verify everything from that yeah. point forward because he understands that that is in writing. That isn't going anywhere. And we're talking about it right now. Well, and he knows what you're asking. Cause he commented on Drew's post several days before that. 
Really? He's heard the video. Well, yeah, he commented on that post. I didn't see that. Yeah, you have to hit the drop down, but he was like, "Any you saw it? Anyone that's been banned would, would give is given a reason. It's done by employees. It's oh, yeah. exactly what he said to you. Yeah, yeah, okay. So he knew. Yeah, yeah. That they were doing, you know, playing for money. Right. That's why he was like, "Well, I mean, you know, like you shouldn't be doing that, especially if you're the person running it." Yeah. Uh, yep. Playing against. But I'm gonna circle back. Yeah. Right. So since, you know, Radar wasn't really giving me much information about the situation, and I knew from that point forward that I would not get any more information, whether he agrees with it or not, from him specifically. So I did a little Google research, because you can find just about anything about anyone on Google. And I found the eSports Talent and Creative Manager for Hi-Res Studio at Hinduman, H-I-N-D-U-M-A-N underscore. I found two email addresses for this individual. One on his YouTube page, because yes, I found his YouTube page from where he was. He was basically doing a podcast about Smite. They brought him into the fold as far as doing commentator work. And then he kind of worked himself into the esports talent and creative manager from that point forward. Sounds familiar. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I contacted him on his YouTube email. I also sent him an email at his business email, which is on his Twitter. You should definitely be checking that one. Yes, absolutely. And I have not heard any responses back. And the doesn't give a fuck, dude. Yeah, the email that I sent him, and I'll read it to everybody just so that everybody understands where I'm coming from. Hello, my name is Griffin, and I the 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 subject line was questions about the RCCS and Rogue Company esports, right? Hello, my name is Griffin. I'm a content creator for Rogue Company. Currently do a Rogue Company podcast that covers news and information about the game. I reached out to a couple of people regarding the RCCS with no real clarification on a couple of questions that not only I have, but the vast majority of the community has. If you have a few moments, I would like to ask a couple of questions for more clarification on how the RCCS is managed, how decisions are made, and the work it takes to make something like this initially happen. Thank you for your time. Hope to hear from you soon. Nothing. Haven't heard anything. Period. Zilch. Hopefully he gets back, but I hope so. So based off of the information that I have received, they're they're delegating a lot of this responsibility down to Rome specifically. I have a feeling that the yeah, I have a feeling that the esports sector of high res studios is basically giving them a venue to play in, the equipment that they need to make that happen, and just kind of going from there, their hands are out of it. Rome is the one that worked with the CMG stuff and got everything set up. So why would they inject anything into it? Because it seems to be on paper working correctly. This goes back to why people don't want to sign up for the qualification matches. A lot of people don't want to deal with a specific individual. And I guarantee mm-hmm. you that even the competitors that are competing have a very difficult time getting any type of information or any type of response from anybody at high res themselves. Dude, when you're like, what's the rules? Yeah. They're like, uh, ask this person. Yeah. A- ask these people. Yeah. What rules? And apparently there's an official RCCS rule document that Blue has access to because Blue's been putting a lot of great videos up. So if you haven't seen his videos or subscribed to him, go check out Real Blue TV, I think is his name. Or at Real, Real Blue. 
putting a lot of great videos up, a lot of great information about RCCS, his thoughts, opinions on everything, more or less mirroring a lot, mirroring a lot of the sentiments that we have about how this is being handled. And he has access to it. So I tweeted him and said, hey, where is the official RCCS rule document located? Oh, I think it's in the Discord. So I go into the RCCS Discord. Right. Yeah. I look at every single room that I have yeah, access. Yes. The only thing that they have is how to become RCCS eligible, which means that you're not banned for any prior offenses and you have a vaccination. Right. That's it. That's how you So become- you have to be... Like you got to be in the thing to get it to yeah. see the rules. Okay, yeah. so he was probably he's not he's not competing, right? So he's a caster. No. Yeah. He he probably okay. Yeah. Okay. He he's don't a caster. Wanna, you know. Well, he doesn't always vote. cast because yeah. he didn't cast last tournament. Yeah, he casted the January tournament, but he didn't have anything to do with the previous tournament that happened. Um, okay. The spring series tournament. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's correct. So I'm assuming that all of the casters and other individuals that are working on it actually have access to the official RCCS rule document. But if you're not in it... Why's it got to be a secret? Exactly. Like... Exactly. Because if it's public, then people like me start asking questions about shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, but, but it would help with a lot of the drama if people were like, well, he did, he did break the rule that was on the thing. Yeah. So... Yeah. So... Back talk. You can't do that. Yeah, I know. Um, And it's crazy whenever someone is goading you into a response and then you are going to use whatever power or responsibility that you have for the RCCS as a way to basically slap that person on the hand by by banning them from qualifiers. The first way that he was coming at him. Yeah. If someone starts talking to me like that, I'm going to come back just like that, dude. Like, yeah, it's like, well, wait a minute, (laughs) you know? It's not my fault that we're fucking fucking off here for fucking 20 minutes. Yes. Drew is, what, 16 now? Either 15 yeah. or 16 years old. I think he's 16. How does that video and how you blatantly disrespected this individual want anybody... people. Friends. Exactly. In front of people that he plays with I mean, and competes you know, against. How do you expect anybody to want to be involved in your esports when you have someone that is running the esports talking to people like that? Here's what I'm going to say about it. The RCCS is going to die a miserable death. I think that they're going to do the summer series. They may do the fall series. But with the way that there is no interaction between high-res and the general public about the RCCS, the lack of information that is being conveyed, and the one person that is getting any information out there could ban it. Like right now, because we're talking about this, we're all three banned. banned. We're banned. We're banned for sure. Yeah. We can't compete in any RCCS functions. I already know. Yeah. Because we're talking about it in the real light, not a negative light, but the reality of the situation here. Yeah. We're not just hating. No, No, not at all. Not at all. The facts. Yes. Yes. The facts is they're presented. And if you want to drive a specific narrative, then open your fucking mouth when I contact you and tell me what the fuck is going on. Don't just ghost me and tell me to reach out to someone at high res because you know that they're not going to respond to me. And the people send me on a rabbit hole. Exactly. A little rabbit chase. Like, yes. Got me out here. Snipe hunting. (laughs) This is why people don't respect the road company esports scene. This is why people don't want to have anything to do with it. Maybe the people at high res need to 
recalculate what they have going on over there and actually dig into what the the major problem for this is. Whoever is doing HR at high res needs to be fired immediately. They need to bring somebody. Go ahead. Finish, finish, finish. They just need to bring somebody in there that knows how relations between individuals actually are. And they need to, I don't know, put on paper yeah. what, well, what everything is. Somebody that's got friends that knows how to, yes. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Let me like they need to do, they need to, like, again, when they're talking about the tournaments, they need to do actual promotions. Having signups, like, only a week. You only have, like, a week of signups. Not enough for an actual sign-up board. Yeah. You know? And then, again, you're fucking, hang on, I'm, that's the part I lost, was that part. I remember the sign-ups. Man. Dude, the, the the Twitter, they just made a new Twitter for the RCC. What's wrong with the Rogue Company Twitter? Yeah, exactly. And I understand why they want to have an individual RCCS Twitter for important information about sure. about functions within the RCCS. But when the Rogue Company official Twitter page tweets nothing out about your tournament, I didn't... I they got to at least retweet what the RCCS... Yes. No promotion. Yeah. Almost like they want it to go away. I didn't know the qualifying matches was happening until I read the article and was doing yeah. a video on it last week. And I was so like, you only oh. had three days, right? It was the 21st, and they were doing it on the 26th. 26th. So, yeah, so five days. Yeah. That's what I was like saying. Something's yeah. going down tomorrow. I was like, you yeah. literally didn't give I'm anybody not. enough time for sign-ups. And then, yeah. even then, the qualifier rounds, you didn't let anybody know until five days before the event. Like, like, what's going no, on? Like, why is there, like... It's like they literally do things at the seam of their pants at every chance that they get. Yeah. There's, it's pro- procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. Oh, wait, it's time to do it. Oh, shit, we don't know. Uh, all right. We've been so busy with all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fixing We're the gone. game, but now we have to... Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. They have teams to, you know, supposedly have these what teams doing this, team doing this, team doing this. But what? In Radar's reply, he said, oh, well, that sounds like what we have for Smite. And he just pretty much said, "Yeah, Smite, just, that's better than this. Yeah, so, basically, yeah. He said it, with, you know what I mean? Without and it makes sense. It. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he ain't wrong. But Rogue Company's enjoyable, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't like, like It's Smite. no different. It's so different. Like, it's third person. You know, yeah. you got a nice, like, demolition type. I get demolition, like, yeah. Valorant. Even Cover though they go Yeah, cover it. Like, all Crossplay. It's fun, man. Like, you run in with fun. a whole squad. You're all having a good time. Good times, dude. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's a bad experience for us. It's just like there's all dumb things that can be done to be better that you just don't. And then again, the, when they're wanting something, you talk about something, we're getting who's that raging at us for not signing up. But then, like, you're, the, the game that you're playing, man, oh. even the developers aren't promoting it. Yeah. Why yeah. are you raging at your fan base or the people actually take their time to play the game, play the game the way it is, and explain, like, oh, God, you know, there's things wrong with the game. Your developers are clearly not doing that. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I agree. I, I agree a hundred percent. It's just crazy, it, dude. Great what that sounds like I didn't see that. Who's that tweet? I got had some problems earlier, but I noticed when they made that Twitter, they were like, they put out a tweet like, 
well, you need people to sign up. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, oh, yeah. well, don't have enough teams this time, huh? Wonder why. Yeah. Wonder why. Yeah. Nobody wants to. Nobody. Man, that's wants- going to be an embarrassment, dude, if they don't even have enough teams to fill that roster. Like, yeah, I know. Well, they only need eight. So, and they had five sign was, up. Yeah. But so, just, yeah. you know. But on the heels of this, we got one more piece of RCCS news. And with this is changes that were made. I got this from Blue. Blue did a fantastic video about this. So in the qualified matches and in the 4v4 land event, they were going to do strikeout. Because strikeout is the most played game mode. And you know why it's the most played game mode? Because people can jump in there, not worry about mm-hmm. winning, not worry about losing. They can either frag out or die as much as they yeah. want to. It runs better than 6v6 team deathmatch. And then they can log off and not worry about it ever again. It's sure. the, it is the most casual game mode. And there's no competitive edge or environment that this game mode should actually no. exist in. Don't care if I win or lose a round, really. Speaking, figure that out, you know. Speaking of that, like you had all these people that whenever they announced that ranked strikeout was happening, they're like, "This is my shit. I'm gonna get on there and fuck people up." Where you at now? Yeah. Where you at now? Yeah. Oh, you got on there with some tryhards, and they really put you to the Mm. test, and you don't want to deal with it anymore. You don't have uh, Bobby Sue that just installed the game running into a wall that you can continuously kill over and over. You actually have to play the game and play smart. You don't want to play it no more. Sorry about that, buddy. So they removed strikeout from the RCCS because all of the, whenever I was watching the qualified matches, um, even the casters were just like, why is this a thing? This is not comments. Yes. Oh yeah. This is not competitive. It's boring to watch. You can easily spawn trap the team that doesn't have control of the point. Um, You're going to burn all of your respawns by coming out of the spawn trap. Yeah. It's just terrible. It's It's stupid. It is. All it takes is one good team, man. Like one ace team. Lock an area down. Lock the area down. And then you're spawn trapped. Send them home, boys. Yep. Send them home. And you're literally just trying to get, you just come in spawn. People headshot you. You're down. Respawn. Like, where is the tactical advantage? Where's the tactical gameplay? Where's the 200 IQ? When I play it, I play it reckless as fuck, dude. Yeah. Oh, I have played Strikeout. It's literally like, I play Strikeout so much, I know the spawn log. (laughs) Yep. I got this, bro. So they removed Strikeout. And on after July the 26th, they are adding a new game mode that is going to be part of the qualifiers and also part of the LAN event. That new game mode is Sabotage. So it's not a new game mode, but it is a previous LTM that they are bringing back into competitive play. So Sabotage from the description that Blue gave us and then also some videos from February of 2021. The game mode hasn't been in the game since February of 2021, right? I found some gameplay there. This is the description of it. You have one bomb that spawns somewhere in the middle of the map. The teams fight over the bomb. You want to plant the bomb in the enemy's zone or plant area. Zones are located on each spawn side of the map. There's 40 lives or respawns. Uh, There's no bomb defusal. So as soon as the bomb gets planted, the round's over. And there's possibly three rounds. I think the video that I was watching, there was three rounds. You swap side after the first round, this, that, and the other. So they're adding 
sabotage back into the game. The reason that they're waiting until July the 26th is so that they can add it into custom matches so that people can scrim it. And they're also yeah. going to do a, not a permanent LTM mode, but they're going to put an LTM mode in for sabotage strictly until this probably happens so that casual players can get on there, understand the game mode, understand how it works so that when they're watching it or if they consider competing, this is what they have to kind of look forward to. Right. So sabotage is basically their version of capture the flag. Yeah. I'm just glad it ain't a battle zone. Thank fucking God. Right. (laughs) I thought that's what you were going to say. I was like, no, they're not doing that. No, no, Thank God it's not battles. I don't know if this land event could handle the premier. Yeah. Gaming Pre- mode. Premier road company gaming mode. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to play sabotage. I didn't play it the first time that it was in the game. I am going to play it. If they're putting it in custom matches, definitely going to run some custom matches. Um, there's hopefully some tweaks and changes that they will make to the game mode specifically because you got 40 lives slash respawns. It's three rounds. If they did something where they get rid of the respawns and they let you respawn indefinitely, and then in order to win, that you played out one full round or possibly even two full rounds, and the however many bomb plants that you get has to be more than the enemy team's bomb plants, and that's how you actually win that game mode. It'd be a respawn game mode, but it also would be tactical enough to where yeah. you, it would change up the, the rogue picks. It would change up the, yeah. the meta and because like sniping, uh, you know, like, are you really going to start now? Exactly. Right. For sure. So I thought that King of the Hill would be the best thing to put in there, but if they do a couple of minor tweaks to sabotage and make it a little bit more fun and more engaging, because with the bomb being in the center of the map, then that beachhead where you're going to be fighting is going to be constantly moving all around the map, right? If the spawns work out good, if they go in there and they kind of revamp the spawns for that particular game mode, that it could make for some very interesting combat moments. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Now, this isn't going to be in until July the 26th, so we're not going to be able to see it until one of the last qualifying matches, and then it's going to land. So, and the Kinda way... weird. Exactly. And they're doing the best of three. So the first two games is going to be Demolition. The last game is going to be Sabotage, just like it is now. You got the first two games, it's Demolition. It goes to the tiebreaker that's Strikeout. Ugh. You know, that's yeah. that's where they screwed up. Yeah, that's where they screwed up, man. But yeah, the RCCS, if they don't get their their shit under control over there, then it's going to go away. And then once the competitive side of it goes away, then it's going to be catered even more towards the casual fan base, the casual players, the people that just install the game, which means it's going to take the skill out of the game completely. And it already feels like that in a lot of ways. Yeah. So... All right, guys, this is the community section of the broadcast. If you want to contribute in any way going forward, you can tweet at us at broadcast. You can send us an email broadcast at gmail.com or you can join the discord server link will be in the description down below. If you join that, there is a broadcast contributions area where you could submit anything and we will talk about it. But starting out first here, we have a Reddit post by uh, 3JAD21. This is what this individual had to say. And this is a little bit of a long post, but we're going to go through it. Yeah. 
Dear developers, please be more transparent with the community about Rogue Company. For anybody that didn't know, monthly updates are no longer at least getting update notes shows. We are less than a week away from what would have been the next update, but there hasn't been an update notes show announcement. It's more likely that monthly updates have been scrapped altogether, which is really disappointing to me personally. This game still has a plethora of not only bugs and stability issues, but also character balancing problems. Not to mention weapon customization per Rogue, which was part of the Project Saint initiative, still hasn't been put back into the game. It was said to be returning to the game in the future during the November 2021 update sh note show, and it's now July of 2022. It's all well and good if the developers have decided that monthly updates are no longer a normality, so long, so long as hotfixes to fix prevalent bugs and address issues in the game are happening consistently, but they're not. And to top it off, the developer's communication of these kinds of things to the community has been severely lacking, if present at all. I've been a fan of this game since the game came into open beta, and it's really sad to see certain bugs that have been in the game since then still happening frequently a year and a half later. Um, it seems like every update brings new bugs and fixes bugs that I didn't even know existed because I never ran into them. And each update makes the game's big flaws harder and harder to defend. I love this game, and I love a lot of the things that the developers have done with the game recently, but man, the developers really need to be communicating more. I remember back when Season 1 was first coming out, and one of the update notes showed they showed a roadmap of upcoming content. There was Season 1 and Kestrel, the second update of the season, which brought in Seeker and the Hollows map, and then an event of some kind that they were keeping a secret for later, and they hyped it up as being on a similar level, if not higher than the Dr. Disrespect collab. To this day, I have no idea what it, what happened to that event. If it was scrapped, the developers didn't communicate it very well. If, the, if it ended up being the Rambo event, then I'm shocked as to why that took over a year to happen. And the worst part is, that was the last roadmap of content they showed us. They haven't shown us a similar roadmap for the game since. And now that the game is quote-unquote fully released, I'm really anxious and afraid that the game no longer has any direction and that the developers may be giving up on the game. I love this game to pieces, and while all good things must end, I feel like this game has so much untapped potential and a whole lot of polishing left to do before it really feels like a fully fleshed out game experience. The TLDR, I want the developers to give us a roadmap or a substantial update on the status of the game, what we can expect in the future mm -hmm. in terms of bug fixes and improvements, and better and more consistent communication with the fan base. I made this point out of I made this post out of love for the game and respect to the developers, not hate. It's just incredibly frustrating seeing simple things like weapon customization per Rogue being seem seemingly neglected, character balance being all over the place, and so many bugs still in what is supposed to be a fully released game. On the heels of this, Radar responded. Oh, shit. Okay. So, yeah, so this is what Radar had to say about this. Thanks for taking the time to share your thoughts. We really do appreciate it. Like a number of you, I was here when Rogue was trying to stand on two wobbly legs and all our feedback came through our Discord. I remember driving conversations for the first roadmap and how excited the team was about sharing the future. Rogue Company is not dead by any means. Our data doesn't show that our data doesn't show that and the team is still working very hard on our next update, which you'll hear more about soon. To be specific to your question, yes, we are slowing down updates just a little. 
adding a week or two more to each cycle. This gives the team more time to test, iterate, and catch any unanticipated issues or bugs, which I think all of us would agree isn't a bad thing. Regular update shows are still 100% going to happen. One more statement I'll make is bugs suck. I promise you most of us hate them more than you do, because not only does it represent a failure to implement something it takes away from other work everyone is trying to do at any given time we are fixing dozens of bugs a few some of you may notice countless others you'll never see because they were caught before they go live it's a complex process of prior 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 i can't fucking pronounce that it's a complex process of priority ease of fix and re, uh, reproducibility the TLDR is we appreciate all of you who have been with us. We know there have been bumpy patches, and to be very clear, we know there is work to do. The team is committed to getting it done. I know they are just words, but know that I appreciate all of you. I've been working in the community management field for more than 13 years across 24-ish titles. I can tell you this game and community are special, and many of us recognize this. Please continue to tell us your thoughts. Even if we aren't able to respond, we are hearing, we are here reading every single day. I just said that's a nice reply. I mean, yeah, that's he said something, you know, that, yeah. that's the transparency we're talking about. Like, yeah, miss it. But it's one of those things where it's like it's a little too little too late, right? Yeah, I mean it is. I mean, what happened to Gandhi's whole uh, we, transparency thing? And I know we, we've talked about it, but what the fuck? We'll we'll get into Gandhi here in a minute. Find oh. out what he's been doing. Oh, um, but and this is what I'll say: There's been several of the Rogue Company content creators that have come out, made videos reflecting this specific post, and. To be honest, we knew that when the game went full release, that the update cycles were going to slow down. We knew yeah. that new content wasn't going to be added into the game quite as frequently. Uh, we knew right. that we knew that once they hit full release, they were going to focus a lot of their time and attention on making the game run better, getting rid of the bugs, and trying to prioritize the issues that they was not able to really focus on when it was in the beta state. We knew that and going spend into more money on promotion because then they get that budget. Yeah, but we haven't seen any said. of that yet. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What happened to Project Saint? Yeah, exactly. You haven't heard them mention that in a while, right? No, not at all. So, to all the content creators, we knew this was going to happen. We knew that, like, they were going to slow down releasing updates. We knew that. They went from doing a two-month battle pass cycle, which was the first battle pass of this year, to a three-month battle pass cycle. So instead of getting an additional battle pass, we're probably only going to get four battle passes this year, and the last one's going to be extended, or they'll do some type of a holiday special battle pass event or something like that in December, like the November-December time frame. But we knew this was going to happen. We knew that they were going to be focusing their attention on other things, which they have. They started focusing more attention on the mobile version of the game. They started focusing more attention on the new game that they have coming out. We also know that the game's not running any better, and it's running worse than it ever has. It is not in its fully releasable state as of right now, yet it's fully released. Dude, when you stream Thursday nights. Yeah. We're having a hard Custom time game. running customs. Yeah. Right. Customs. Yeah. Breaks your game. Yes. You got to run it, you know, 
close it down, open it back up, you might get in. Why? You would yeah. figure the custom games would be that like should the run better than the. Thing. It's like Thank we already gathered everybody split. together here. Like, yeah, everybody's already yeah. there. You got it. We did the hard the work for you. Out. All you have to do is press go. Yeah, and it should just start. But like, no, you literally have to. Like, you play a game, and then yeah. you have to restart your game, or you have to let some. You gotta join somebody else's. Yep, that's a hassle. It, it's very much a hassle, and and the bugs, the the collision issues in the game, the hit marker issues, the damage issues, uh, bugs with with various issues, sound bugs, performance bugs, performance mm-hmm. dips on on certain maps, <sighs> performance dips all across the board when you're playing with and against certain characters. Like, there's so much that they need to focus on. And like I said before, if they're going to like delay some of these updates and kind of push things back just a little bit so that they can gather more information and focus their attention on making the game run better on making uh, the bugs disappear on making a lot of the issues in the game go away. I'm okay with that because here's what they need to understand. This is what radar needs to understand. This is what the entire high res development team needs to understand. If you're not constantly putting content out into the world and you have content creators that focus strictly on rogue company content, one of two things is going to happen. Either A, they're going to transition some of their content over to a new title and they're going to start gaining a fan base and a follower base off of this new title, which may be greater and more rewarding than the rogue company player base and yeah. and watcher base. You've got that. That's number one, right? Mm-hmm. Number two. Yeah. The longer that you go without pushing new content in the game and giving things people to talk something to talk about, they're going to start pointing out more and more faults with the game currently. Yeah, I mean, so the one of those two things is going to happen, and either one. I'd say they've already happened. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's getting to that point now where a lot of the content creators are basically grasping at straws on things that they can release content for because there's nothing new and glaring bugs and issues and inconsistencies with the game will be the new focus for some of these people. The other people are going to go find another game to play and make content yeah. on. So I it's, mean, or, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, or even content creator like Dr. Disrespect, they even took time to even make a level and a character model and voiceover. And then yeah. now he doesn't even play the game. Yeah, there's no incentive to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lose-lose situation for Rogue Company. It's a possibly win-win situation for the community because if you're going to yeah. focus all that time. But a lot of this comes down to the fact that like you don't have people that are actually testing the game for you. Yeah. You can do all the in-house testing on your own personal servers that you want to, but it isn't until you release this content into the vast majority of the player yeah. base hands that you're really going to realize the issues with an update. And having a two-day or a one-day PTS cycle where you get four people that get on there and run around, they're not able to find bugs. They're not able to point out issues. They're not able to point out inconsistencies with the game. So yeah. And only on PC. Exactly. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, but that's the big that's thing. Like, the problem. Oh, yeah, more players play on your console. Why don't they fucking spend the PCs. money on it? Dude? Like, I don't that, get it. Like we keep coming back to that over and over. Yeah, it's that like forty grand a year. Them, 
Like all the bug issues that they complain about or need to address that they end up finding later on that they show their failures and stuff like that. Ooh, if they would something. just spend an extra cash on the PTSR so that either either Xbox or PlayStation, one or the other, just, just open up one of those channels, you will gain so much more. Like knowing bugs to address and stuff like that. Knowledge so, like, just power, even, yes. Even even in like you said, Griffin, in those two day spans, like you would know more by then just because you have another console or another platform to address on or look at data that like hello. Exactly. Well so, you can go from like ten thousand people to, you know, uh four hundred thousand real yeah, quick. Yeah, exactly. Real quick. Yeah. One real console. Quick. One console. Yeah. Yeah, and what it sounds like to me is since like they're either unwilling to do the PTS on console or they don't know how to do it or whatever, then they're using the the actual releases, the update releases in the game as their quote unquote PTS cycle, yeah. so that they can gather more information. That's why they're de- delaying the updates. You shouldn't have a full release update go into the game and use that as your PTS cycle. Under any circumstances, should that be a no. thing? Yep. So that's where we're at with it. And I think that, you know, you've already had some major content creators over the over the past two years leave the game and go do other stuff. You've had people try to transition into other games with varied amounts of success and things like that. If if you don't have anything for people to talk about and you don't have anything that people need to seek out and get information on for your game, then your online presence is going to diminish even more than it currently has. Yep, absolutely. People are going to quit talking about your game. People are going to quit looking into your game. Exactly. You're not feeding them nothing. You're not hanging them on with some bait. You know, like it's like a a meme. Yeah. At this point, the the game is bad. Yeah. Exactly. And I hate that. And I hate that. I hate that because this game is not bad. It's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like making content. Like we all do. Like well, that's why we're doing this, man. We're sitting here talking about what's bad is whenever we do an episode of the broadcast and we cover a hot fix that re- doesn't really address anything. And we spend the rest of the time talking about the rogue company championship series and drama associated with the wrong people that you put in charge of that. Yep. That's bad. We should be trying to hype people up for updates. We should be talking about balance weapon issues. Changes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, when is the last time an actual weapon change said? Like, what did Radar say? He said it, it, it like, one to two week cycle. When has been the actual last official weapon update? So they didn't do any weapon updates or any rogue changes for the daybreak update, and I don't believe that they did any for the mid season. We update. haven't had anything since then. The yeah. last, like, before this season. Yeah. So, Just, they didn't touch them. So it's been over a month. Month and a half, two months. It's been a minute. Yeah. It was that so, mid season update for uh, a No, I don't think they even added anything or changed oh. anything there. They may have changed one or two of the rogues around, but they did change some of them. Gadgets. Bit. Yeah. Like, they did change things like the utility drop. Yeah. And they just they didn't tell that. anybody. Yeah. No, they just didn't. Yeah. They also changed yeah. like uh, Fixer Smoke. Yeah. From you can't pick it up from runway. Like you don't see his was, eyes why anymore. Was that? Well, no, sometimes you do. In the smoke, you do if you're if he's like on the edge of it. But like if he's in yeah, the he, oh yeah, if he's right no, there, sir. you can you see won't. his jacket but, at that point. Yeah. Like, 
But the fact that you can't hit this, get additional smoke off of like uh, that's kind of huge for him. That's like what yeah. the fuck? Well, well, he has resupply, and you yeah. can't get it with that either. And it doesn't I mean, make sense. I don't. I didn't think that that broke him. You know no. what I mean? It does. Yeah, it doesn't. That's like, like one of his main ability is seeing through smoke. You gonna give him one? You're not gonna let him have it back anymore either. Yeah. Like I know it's Whoa. not a big change, but like it's almost the same issue with like can address the with the mag glove getting the bomb issue. It was yeah. the same. It's the same thing. Is it just wasn't addressed? And then somebody yeah. else in a tournament, a caster. Yeah. Had to address that that was changed because the other caster. Yeah, he's like, why didn't he just pull it and go to the other side? Right, and then he had to address that. Oh, they like, took that out. What? what? Who? You didn't? Why? What? And then How did he know that? With another rogue. Yep. That they didn't say nothing about. Yep. The person making the patch notes needs to be fired. I'm sorry. But. Yeah. The patch notes are pretty bad. I mean, you've had to doctor them up a few times. Oh, yeah. there's, there you go. Just let you do them. I yeah. That. I was like, there's been times Griffin had to add things or adjust them because like, like, you don't understand like even what the patch notes is saying. The yep. Dahlia Ever thing. Ever adjusted slightly. Ever the adjusted Dahlia slightly. thing was huge. Yeah. Yeah. It was in nothing. Nope. That that did that. Had to message radar. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, you yeah, know? that's intentional. Yeah. It's like, cool. Thanks for letting was us know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. So, in any update notes, like you talk about you, radar, talk about it. You know, like we want Dude. to address things, but you're not addressing things. When does that drop? We, we were playing are the addressing night. things. And I think Yuri was like, "So when I'm Mark Chalk, I get the and it's like, yeah, yeah, you do, yeah. Yes, what? Yeah, yeah, what? <laughs> exactly. What? I know, man. It's ridiculous." It's so we got a bunch of hidden changes that nobody wanted to address because they didn't put the rogue changes on the patch notes for the daybreak update, you know, or the mid that mid season update where they changed the Kestrel stuff and they changed the fixer stuff yeah. and they changed, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, I, I didn't even, I forgot all about the Kestrel change. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, again, nothing addressed. It was just like, oh, here you go. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Figured it out. Oh, shit. Did you know you could do this? Like what? Do now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. So next up here we have a post. This is actually a broadcast contribution here from Exiled Voices, and this is Rogue Company ranked adjustments and changes possibly. So I'm going to run through this. And we'll, we'll talk about it as we go. So this is ideas for Rogue Company rank mode since ranked has gone through the recent changes back with two primary game modes in ranked mode. Rank-specific rewards based off performance within matches. So rank-specific rogue skins is a reward for hitting rogue. For example, trench or one for a rogue that has least amount of skins, which is be a legendary skin. Double reputation or XP team booster that you can activate for the whole squad. An animated wingsuit or an avatar based off of the rank you hit for hitting the same rank twice and split one and split two static avatars, uh, rogue ranked mode one supply drops for winning your 10 placement matches, or I guess competing, uh, completing your 10 placement matches or rank specific loading screen or music pack as a reward to give that feeling of accomplishment. I remember year one season two music was uh, really a banger when you selected your rogue, uh, for five note rank should last the whole season. I know it already does now adding splits 
split one last 30-ish days and split two last the remainder of the season. So they currently do the splits where they reset everything now for um, every time there's a major content update, like when a new paddle pass comes out. So, yeah. Uh, Picks and bands, adjustments, and minor tweaks to ranked performance gameplay. I personally like the pick and band system addition. Here's an idea of how I would adjust it. Two bands per team similar to Paladins. I don't know if you should be allowed to reselect your rogues. You should be given some points if you do objectives, like holding down the strikeout point or getting downs or revives, and lose points if you fail to help to assist your teammates. This should apply if you are in lower ranks like bronze to gold. If you're a higher rank, like Platinum to Rogue, uh, you should decay these. You should decay from these higher tier ranks. Decay back to Platinum 1, you lose more for not playing. So if you get to Rogue rank, if you're not consistently yeah. playing ro- uh, ranked, then it'll decay it back down to... It just sat there yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah. Map, rot- map rotation and map reserve system, we all may or may not what this is uh rainbow six siege paladins is the best known example of this i hate playing on the same maps i know what half of y'all are gonna say get good uh real <laughs> blue tv and rad are talking about this recently a great former rogue company youtuber now a caster for rccs series as well so being able to like pick maps band maps things like that Adjustments to ranked points. This is weird because I'm not good with math. I agree. The ranked point system can be horrible at some times. I don't think ranked prevention boosters will solve this issue with losing different values of rank points. Uh, Griffin and Awesome Rogue Company covered this in the past video. Thank you. Um, also, please add a Rogue Mastery Prestige system level 1 to 100 on each Rogue similar to Paladins to the Rogue Mastery track and fill in the Mastery levels 9 and 10. We were told this will be soon, that this will be soon followed after back in the Neochrome update. So we got more ranked or we got more level rewards with 6 and 7, but they haven't put 8 and 9. Because yeah. you get you get a a, a mastery reward for level ten, right? Mm-hmm. But on this, like, there's a lot of stuff that I agree with here. The rank point system, like, they're basing everything off of MMR, and this is kind of like what Paladins yeah. did with Elo. So if they've got your team that has a higher MMR playing against an enemy team that has a lower MMR, then the AI or the configurator thinks that your team it's favoring your team to win. Therefore, if you lose that game, then you're going to lose more RP than you would normally lose. If you win that, you're going to receive less RP. So, yeah, which is fine, but like with them including, yeah, but you don't know going into that what you're what you're at risk of winning or losing, right? If you're if you're at a downside, if you're the underdogs, yeah, yeah. I do like the idea for having like XP or uh, reputation boosters that you can activate for the entire team. They should put that in there for everything, like even casual cool. play. Yeah, if exactly. You're in a party too. What about that? You're in a party. Yeah, have a party booster. It's kind of like on. it's kind of like the clan system that COD did, where yeah, you just s- do a clan system. Yeah, you can do you know uh, a certain time of day, you get double XP all across the board for an hour or whatever, um, and you could also turn that into something monetary as well. I don't think that they okay. would do that, but you could also just go in there and boost it, like you boost a Discord server for like four hundred rogue bucks or something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the picks and band system, I agree that there needs to be some um, changes to this. I think two bands per team would be okay. I think that there's enough rogues there, but they need to change it up to where the team that bans first doesn't need to be allowed to insta-lock two characters. Yeah. They only need to be able to insta-lock one character until more supports are added into the game. Because when you... Yeah, watch the qualifying matches and you'll see people exploiting this like crazy. For some Mm. reason, that ran better with a 3v3 because it lets the first team only pick one. Exactly, right. And it's like, ooh. I was like, what's happening? Why is it not doing two? And it was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And then the enemy team had a last pick, but it was only one person. So yeah. they could pick a strong counter to your entire team. It makes sense. Yep. The, the team that doesn't ban first should have an advantage at the end. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. They should they have an actual overview. Exactly. So they should make some type of, a, type of adjustment, even if it's like the team that bans first gets one pick, and then the enemy team gets two picks. And then when it swaps back over to the team that banned first, you have to pick the the three other characters and then the last two, you see what I mean? Like the, the enemy yeah. team that's not banning or whatever team is not banning first should have advantage when it comes to picks. Have advantage at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yes, more ranked rewards, but hopefully with strikeout getting introduced into the game, then that will allow them to create more with more people playing ranked. Maybe it'll encourage them to make more ranked rewards with um, the decaying system. I think that that would be okay. I think that having a decay system where once you hit at least rogue or even platinum, if you don't get on there in X amount of time to play it, even if it's just one game, you start decaying back down to like, um, not gold, but maybe like platinum, you know, or diamond, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the map bands and map rotation, that's something that they've been talking about for literally ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's straight from the Siege book. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. And I w- that would be great. I would love to know yeah. that, you know, we can we can all pick a map that we want to play, and then if the enemy team all locks in one map that they want to play, then get rid of those two maps that were voted on, and the third map is the map that we're playing that nobody voted on. It's so simple to do that. It. Yeah. It's so simple. Because you pick the map, then yeah, you pick the rogues. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. It's simple. You know? Trench skin. Yeah, exactly. Trench come skin. On. Yeah. Come on, trench, trench skin. Trench needs some skins, man. What How the many fuck? Skins? Four skins? Well, he's got They're all three. terrible. He's got the kangaroo jack one that's pretty cool, but yeah. they're all recolors. Yeah, more or less, you know. Yeah. He needs a skin, dude. Yeah. Well come there, on. there was some leaks that I saw. I don't know if it was on Twitter or Reddit, but um someone got a bug in their game where the the default trench skin was renamed to the classic trench skin. So to me, it sounds like they're going to do kind of like what they did with Lancer and Ronan and completely revamp the you way that work trench. Yeah. The way he looks, his style, yeah. you know, the whole, and that's fine. Okay. That's just fine. as long as we get new skins. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Exiled voices for shooting yeah. this over in the broadcast contribution section. Agree with a lot of the stuff that you've got going on here. And I think that, you know, there's, there's a reason why people don't play ranked because you can have almost the same experience in casual matches. The only thing that's different now, starting with this update oh. is draft pick. And that makes me want to play it more, but 
and pistol round, I guess you could throw that in there. But yeah. at, at the same time, it's like there's no real encouragements to play in that. It doesn't matter if you hit rogue rank. You, just, no you don't get yeah. nothing for it. So yeah, yeah. You, you get there's a really no reward or punishment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, so. You don't get slapped on the hand for not participating, nothing. and you don't get rewarded. For you get more XP. Yeah, but you get nothing. And you know what would be crazy? Like. Why don't they incorporate qualification points into the ranked experience? Oh, so I mean, they could. Like yeah. Fortnite does that oh, all shit. the time. Yeah. So if they Fortnite literally lets you do that, I'm sorry. No, like if they <laughs> if they had an actual leaderboard and you were in the top ten on yeah. Rogue Company and you maintain that position, maybe you get then, an invite to come to land. I mean, yeah, you're on the all leaderboard, right. baby. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there needs to be a leaderboard for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I mean, rank should have a leaderboard. Yeah. So next up here, we have a post by Make Dead Silence a perk. Please don't make Dead Silence a perk. Um, allow life. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know that this isn't fucking Call of Duty, but goddamn, don't make it. Yeah, exactly. Allow lobbies to persist. Why do multiplayer devs in 2022 deliberately make disbanding lobbies by design, especially if you have a human backfill slash save the day system to fill it. Who actually benefits from having lobbies disband all of the time? The matchmaking would have a lot of weight lifted off of its back by letting found lobbies stay intact and allowing the same players to immediately start the next match. Sounds good to me. And keeping lobbies intact would also allow players who experience longer queue times to get more playtime during their gaming sessions, as opposed to sitting on the bench waiting for queues, so to speak. Yeah, dude. Everybody in the game could be like, play again with that team. Yeah. And stick with it. And then if they pick up another, he's in. They pick up another. That's great. Yeah. That would probably help in a big way. Yeah. Like, that that would absolutely help in a big way. And 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 that's the thing. That's why what I never understood were like, why don't you have rolling lobbies? We used to have rolling lobbies back in COD. We used to have them back in Halo back in the day. And like you're basing your entire matchmaking system all over this obsolete information, this obsolete way of doing matchmaking. Why can't we have rolling lobbies? You know how many times that we would be in a game? And like we, it goes neck and neck, and we would love to replay those guys. So we try to queue as quickly as possible so that we could hopefully get a rematch against these people because we didn't know they were coming out like that. Maybe the map wasn't, you know, the best map that we can play on. Yeah. Yeah. So let us try it again. Give us a map selection system or a a ban or vote system and let us just roll the lobbies. Gears of War still does that to this day. This is how, and well, I'll say Gears of War 4. I haven't played 5. Here is how they did it. You had ranked, then you had public matches. So whenever you join into public matches, it puts you in a lobby, and then you pick what game mode and what map that you want to play. So you vote for the game mode, and you vote for the map. And then once that match plays out, it sends you back to the lobby screen with everybody on there. You vote for the next map and the next game that you want to play, and you just continue it rolling over and over and over again. It could take, I mean, Gandhi used to be a quote unquote professional uh, Gears of War player as well. So why can't we take some cues from that? Just saying. Speaking of Gandhi, we do have some news. So these little snippets where they were sent to us by an anonymous user, they wanted to remain anonymous because 
This was a Q&A that apparently happened on the Rogue Company mobile Discord page. So we got some anonymous sub- submissions to the broadcast, and if you want to submission, oh. if you want to submit anonymous, anonymous, if you want to be an anonymous <laughs> uh, contributor, then just let us know, and we can make that happen for you. So this individual said, "Will the game be consistently updated like the main game, or will updates take longer?" Gandhi said, "Our plan for Roco Elite is to have a constant flow of new updates, events, LTMs, and more. We will be updating quite frequently." So, in the same week, we have Radar saying that updates for your main game, your core game, are going to slow down. They're going to be gathering more feedback, etc. Yet we've got Gandhi over here that's like, we're going all steam ahead with the mobile version. It's going to have a, a constant flow of new updates, events, LTMs, and more. So we're just going to ramp it up. I have an issue with that. Yeah. So I thought that they were going to take more time to work on my game. Exactly. It, but it sounds like, no, we're, the reason we're taking longer is because we're working on the other one, too. Yeah. And it's like, no, we can't split the difference here. We don't even have the aim assist team anymore. What are we going to do? Like, Yeah, exactly. What, right. what? Yeah. We just beta tested the mobile version for them for two years. Exactly, right. Give it up. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've got one more. We've got one more Q&A. One last question. Will there be leaderboards? So leaderboards for the base game of Rogue Company has been a much requested feature by so many individuals that play the game. It is a key feature that people won't add it. They just haven't added them for whatever reason. That's what they had to say about it. We're investigating leaderboards for our future, future, quote unquote, land system, clan system. We'll have more details once we start ironing out the details of that system, not till post-launch. So basically what we're saying here, the mobile version's getting possibly leaderboards in the future and also a clan system in the future. Damn. Wow. No. Well, I mean, damn, I wish I liked mobile games. I know. I'm just going to play that. Exactly. What's happening here? Yeah. If you go look at Gandhi over on Twitter, the only thing that he's sharing any information about other than fucking sports and what and and what he thinks is good TV and movies, like people care, is mobile road company stuff. That's it. That's all he's sharing. That's happening? Oh yeah. That's all he's sharing updates for. That's it. Screenshots of this, videos of this. He's done and washed his hands of road company and he's moved on to what he considers bigger fish. Which will be Rogue Company Elite or Rogue Company Mobile? Elite. Yeah. It just sounds smaller. Yeah. So like I mean, this is ridiculous, man. We much requested features by the community. People want leaderboards in the game. People want a clan system in the game. People want to get on and experience the game the way that they want to experience it, with no performance issues, no bugs, proper aim assist. Proper matchmaking, the whole nine yards, ranked rewards. Can't get that, but that's okay because the mobile version's possibly getting leaderboards in a clan system. Good for them. Man, you just fucked me up with his Gandhi post. Yeah. Go look at them. I haven't seen those. That's. Yeah. I look, I pulled it up. Yeah. And it's like, damn, I spent hundreds of dollars. 
Yep. Time. Over 500 hours. 500 and I think 20 like four. To be exact. And it's like, damn, fuck me? No, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Hope I meet you one day. We will. I can tell you that. We will. It'll be all right. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like I said, if you want to contribute anonymously, we can absolutely make that happen. That that way, you know, whatever information that you get, regardless of how you gather that information that is relevant to Rogue Company and what we're doing over here, feel free to send it over. If you want to submit and not be anonymous, you can tweet at us at Brocast. You can shoot us an email, broadcast at gmail.com, or you can join the Discord and become one of the Brocast contributors. There's a... Uh, page there to submit anything there so for episode number 28 i'm here with dirt lord i'm here with garbo and i'm here with griffin and thank you guys so much for watching thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next time on the unofficial official unofficial rccs podcast have a good one guys <laughs>